morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 5th of May, and my name is Helen Freer. So we had the ECB meeting yesterday and some fresh banking turmoil. Coming up on today's show, I'll be talking about these points and more with my colleague, Lucia Chachulovic. And then I'll be speaking to Norbert Rucker about his latest thoughts on the oil market. So let's get started. Good morning, Lucia. Hi, Helen. So after the US Federal Reserve raised interest rates on Wednesday, the ECB then followed suit yesterday, also raising rates by 0.25%. Now, in the run-up to this decision, there was some debate around whether the ECB would actually hike rates uh, by 0.5%, given that inflation is still high, or if they would go for just a quarter percentage point hike in light of the recent banking turmoil. Can you give us any details on what the ECB then decided, Lucia? Sure. So the European Central Bank raised its main refinancing rate by 25 basis points to 3.75%. And the ECB deposit facility rate, which is the main rate at which financial institutions can park their money with the central bank, was increased to 3.25%. The ECB also announced that it will reduce its bond holdings faster than previously planned. From July onwards, maturing bonds from the asset purchase program will no longer be replaced by new ones. The central bank also reiterated that it stands ready to adjust all its instruments within the scope of its mandate to ensure that inflation returns to its 2% target in the medium term. Okay, and let's talk about data releases yesterday. I think we got the Eurozone producer price index figures as well as the US initial jobless claims, didn't we? Yes, we did. So Eurozone producer prices fell in March to 5.9% year-on-year, which is a minus of 1.6% compared to February prices. This raises some hopes, at least, that there could be some slowdown in consumer prices eventually. As for the U.S. initial jobless claims, the number was around expectations at 242,000, slightly up from last month. The number of continuing claims, however, fell slightly. Okay, now enough about data. Uh, So there was a fresh sell-off in regional banks that hit equity markets once again yesterday, leaving investors more worried, I guess, about further vulnerabilities in the financial industry and any potential spillover into other parts of the economy. What are the latest developments here? So there are three regional banks that led the renewed slide in US banking stocks, PacWest, Western Alliance and First Horizon. The latest turmoil started on Wednesday evening following a report that PacWest was exploring strategic options. The bank plunged 51% yesterday to its lowest close ever after saying it's in talks with potential investors and partners. Western Alliance ended the day down 38% after plunging as much as 62% at one point. The stock recovered after the bank dismissed the report that it was exploring strategic options, including a potential sale. And First Horizon tumbled 33%, the most since 2008, after saying it and Toronto Dominion Bank had mutually agreed to terminate their merger pact amid uncertainty over regulatory approvals. So the volatility in these stocks really just highlights the fragility of the market. With the data we had out then and the latest banking turmoil, how did stock markets do yesterday in the US and Europe? 
So during the regular session yesterday, European stock markets closed lower, and so did the three major U.S. indices. However, investors seem to have quickly regained their composure. Futures for both regions are mostly in the green right now, as investors received a fresh batch of corporate earnings, including Apple, which posted beats on both the top and bottom line as sales for iPhones rebounded. And what about overnight in Asia? As for Asia, stock markets were mixed, but the Hang Seng Index led gains in the region. Australia's S&P ASX Index was also up, while mainland Chinese stocks slipped. Both Japan and South Korea were closed for a holiday. Let's go back to the US for a moment now, because I've seen that the US dollar um, is in the headlines as well. Can you comment on that briefly and also perhaps on US treasuries? Sure. The US dollar shows weakness across the board. The Bloomberg dollar index fell for a fourth day and is facing its worst week in more than a month. And the policy rate sensitive two-year treasury yield has dropped 22 basis points this week, the most since early March. Now, as I mentioned, I'm going to speak to Norbert very shortly about oil. But do you have just a quick roundup of the main news in commodities, Lucia? Yes, so oil has seen some declines this week, but it is trading slightly higher this morning on track for its first gain in five days. Gold, meanwhile, is holding on to this week's gains, which stand at around 3%. Bitcoin finally is trading below the 30,000 US dollar mark. Great. Thanks, Lucia. And just finally, what can we expect for the day ahead? Probably the most important data point today are the U.S. non-farm payrolls, which will be published together with the unemployment rate as well as the hourly earnings. Data in Europe include the Swiss Consumer Price Index and Eurozone retail sales data. Wonderful. Thanks very much, Lucia, for the roundup. Now, Norbert, good morning. Welcome to the show. So oil has been under pressure over the last week and actually dropped below $75 a barrel. What's been driving this move, do you think? Yeah, good morning. Well, there's been quite a drop from above 80 to below 75. And to be honest, there's very little fundamental news to really explain this uh, down move. The main driving force seems to be recession fears. We definitely see a bit of a shift in the market mode towards growing bearishness. But is oil really kind of ringing the recession alarm bell? We don't think so. An economy in recession would rather mean that oil prices are in the 50s, if not below that. And more importantly, an economy in the recession would mean that the oil futures curve, so if you line up all different futures prices along a line, would be upward sloping, while today it's still downward sloping. The Petronations announced that they would cut production, though. Should this be lifting oil prices? This has been kind of the bullish narrative uh, last month that really explained a bit uh, the previous up move. And there seems to be growing skepticism that uh, the petronations are really able to meet these pledged production cuts. Um, one example, if you look at oil flows out of Russia, they remain very robust, although the country announced something similar a bit earlier. And then we also have uh, countries like Iran, Venezuela, which in fact are slowly coming back to the market. And we actually share this view that most likely the petronations won't be able to fully meet the committed cuts and that's why also some of the skepticism has come back and explains also partially some of the bearishness. And what sort of impact do you think China's reopening will have on the demand for oil? 
Yeah, that has been another kind of key bullish narrative a bit earlier, starting uh, last year. And it's true, Chinese oil demand growth, healthily, it's one of the robust spots in the global oil market. But the reopening effect should not be overestimated. Um, we primarily see this in something travel-related air traffic. But this is a minor segment of the overall oil demand coming out of the country. And uh, while other parts which are relevant too, especially the property market, construction market, there we continue to see challenges. So yes, oil demand out of China is healthy, but it doesn't really tilt the needle that much. So overall, we still expect a well-balanced market. So a market that has sufficient oil in storage is not tightening, is but also not getting very loose. And thus we stick to our neutral view and we see oil prices in the 70s rather than the 80s longer term. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Norbert. Good to get your thoughts. So that is all for today. Thanks again to my guest today and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again on Monday when I'll be back with more of my colleagues, including Menzo Pachinci, our head of technical analysis. But until then, have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.